Hi folks, thanks for tuning in to my special episode on the Tom Wilson suspension for his hit on Brandon Carlo of the Boston Bruins. And I just want to point a couple things out before you get into the episode. Everything you hear was written and recorded prior to the NHL's announcement of their suspension. So you'll never hear me reference the video or explain what I feel about that in any way. This is all of my thoughts that I had originally going into my own decision-making process. So I just want you to keep that in mind that I didn't know the result of the suspension and anything that the video said prior to recording this episode. The reason it's so late getting out is because it's been a super busy weekend for me. My own kids are in their hockey playdowns. I coached three hockey games this year, including over six hours of travel to and from the games. So it's just been really hard for me to sit down. So that's the second thing I want to explain to you is I haven't had time to really record and edit it properly. So there's a lot of audio kind of glitches, not so much in my voice, but some background noise and some clicking noises and things. And that's why. I just, I wanted to get this out because I'll never have time to sit down and, and re-record it and, you know, make it perfect. So keep in mind, it was all done prior to the announcement and the quality might not be the best, but I hope you appreciate what it says and how I go about my, my business. So thanks for listening and enjoy. Hello hockey humans of the world and welcome to Tough Call Pod Season 2 where I talk about all things player safety in the NHL. Questionable hits, controversial calls, join the over 2,500 others who follow me on Twitter at Tough Call Blog, like and follow the Tough Call Facebook page and find me on Instagram as well, Tough Call Podcast, for videos of all the latest incidents and to hear my takes on them. Send me your own clips of any hit or call you'd like me to talk about and take a second right now and hit the subscribe button on this podcast. And while you're there, you could also leave me a review, preferably five stars. It'll really help me reach even more people and get the message out on how we can reduce the instances of head contact and concussions in hockey. Did you subscribe? Perfect. And thank you. Now on with the show. Well, Tom Wilson of the Washington Capitals is a returning champion on the next episode of the NHL Department of Player Safety's Wheel of Fortune for his hit last night on Boston Bruin defenseman Brendan Carlo. And first and foremost, I want to send my thoughts and well wishes to Brendan for a full recovery. Concussions are a horrible thing, and I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Since it's become a, such a controversial hit with a lot of layers, it's, it's enough to warn its own show, and I'll use it as a case study and lay out how I determined it to be dirty and how I make my decisions on all plays. So, first of all, there was no penalty called on the ice. So why am I looking at this hit at all? Well, the answer is that whether a penalty was called or not doesn't matter. The on-ice decision means nothing to me. If it's something I don't want in the game or would like to see a player do differently, I'm going to act. The on-ice officials could miss something, or the reverse could be true, where the officials could call something I'm not overly concerned about. I don't care if it was a major or a minor, whether a player was kicked out in the last five minutes or the first five minutes or whatever the situation is. All I care about is whether it's a type of action or a habit I want to get rid of, and I'll punish accordingly and consistently. Consistency is the key to everything, and you can't be consistent if you're constantly factoring in or topping up the decisions of the on-ice officials. You make your own decisions for what you want. Now, on top of that, whether there was a call or not, I'm not even held to that penalty. I can give supplemental discipline under whatever rule I want, and I just want to be clear, that's not just because there was no call here. I can do that anyway. So uh, I'm looking at this hit for one reason only. It looks wrong. It looks awkward, and I want to see why. It also caused an injury, but... 
I don't really care about that either any more than I do about whether or not there was a penalty. I mean, I care in the sense that the whole purpose is to make the game safer, and I don't want to see any injury, but I don't care in that it's not my job to punish each individual injury after they happen. It's to prevent all injuries from happening in the first place, before they happen. So in, in this particular case, the injury, I couldn't care less. The result isn't what makes the play dirty or dangerous or not. The action is. I care about was what the player delivering the check did something I want to see them do again or not, period. That's all I'm looking for. So now that I've identified why I'm looking at it, I'll get into what I'm looking at. The most important takeaway is the absolute first thing I look at is the player delivering the check. I, I do determine one thing about the victim, I guess, is whether or not they were eligible to be checked. That's it, though. No body position, effort to protect themselves, choice he made with the puck, none of that. I look at Tom Wilson first. The onus is on him to deliver this check safely. So let's see what he does with it. That and that alone determines whether this is a penalty and supplemental discipline. So the things I look for in a clean check are, one, eligibility of the player, as I said. Two, does the player delivering the check make any attempt to play the puck? Three, the angle of approach. Four, the player's posture on approach. Five, the posture on contact. And six, the aftermath. Now, this isn't some set-in-stone list that I use. It's not a checklist that I go through and, and I'm, like, absolutely married to. It's just this is to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. I look at different things depending on the situation. And if I said something in an earlier podcast that I look for, you know, a different list or whatever, it's, it's the same type of things, though. This isn't like a set-in-stone rule book that I have to follow. It's just to give you an idea of where my mind is at. So I'll just run through all of these as they pertain to this particular hit. So we've already established that Carlo is eligible to be checked. So moving on to number two, is there a hockey purpose for what Tom Wilson is doing? Well, why do we have checking in hockey? It's to separate the opponent from the puck, not to intimidate, injure, or for revenge or anything like that. It's to separate your opponent from the puck, period. And as part of that puck focus, you know, proving your intent, it's a big help if the player delivering the check actually attempts to get his stick on the puck during the checking process. Wilson had his stick pointed directly upward like a submarine scope for the entire thing. So unless the puck was nine feet off the playing surface, gaining possession of the puck was definitely not on Tom Wilson's list of chores here when he went in. He was contact-focused, not puck-focused. Now, that in itself isn't illegal, but it's a pretty big red flag as far as intent and understanding what was going on during the rest of the checking process. And a big part of how that process will turn out is how it starts off. And that's number three, your angle of approach. Wilson is approaching Carlo from behind and from Carlo's left. Wilson can see Carlo's back and left arm slash shoulder, but any contact from that approach will put Carlo face first into the glass. Even shoulder contact in this case, because the contact will be to the back of the shoulder, not the front. So it'll spin Carlo in face first into the boards. A check with any meaningful amount of force from this angle will create a boarding situation. There's no way around it. There's nothing he can do about that. So already we've got no attempt to play the puck and a very precarious angle of approach. He's set up for failure almost immediately after only two criteria involving the checker. Point four is posture on approach. Just a second or two prior to contact, Wilson actually still has a shot at making clean contact. His stick is held in both hands and it's pointed at the lights, but at least it's held away into the side and he's in a decently low enough squatting posture to deliver a check. He's leading with the right side of his body, which is the correct thing to do here. So if he leaves his shoulder mostly out of it and just makes hip-to-hip -hip contact with minimal force, it's game on. There's, there's still hope here for a clean check. But all of it goes to shit at the last possible moment. Point five, posture on contact and point six, aftermath. 
At the point of no return, instead of keeping his body rotated to lead with his right hip, he lets his right leg drift off to the side behind Carlo to the point where he actually has to lift it off the ice at the end. His stick, even though it was skyward the whole time, at least, like I said, at the start, it was out of the way, but he spins around so quickly at contact that he ends up facing Carlos straight on, and he's not low anymore. He pops up, so he's holding his stick in both hands together, and the whole package drives right into Carlos' face. Wilson makes zero effort to soften the blow, and he hits so hard into the boards that he actually bounces sideways off them and rolls out of the hit once he hits the ice again. And, and sadly, Carlos' head was between Wilson and the boards. All that body weight, the hands, the stick... They were all sandwiching the skull of a human being forcefully into the unforgiving glass. There's not one thing legal about this. Yet, his own coach and many media people, and Wilson himself of course, are calling it a hockey hit, a clean play. A bad result with no intent behind it. It was just a hockey play with a bad result. The game happens so fast, it's so easy to criticize, to pick apart in slow motion, isn't it? And to be 100% honest, I actually don't believe Wilson was attempting to make head contact specifically. I think he was just looking to make any contact, any contact at all, and everything about his approach and posture tells me so. He's not playing the puck, he's looking for contact. I don't care what I hit as long as I hit something, and very hard, as hard as I can. And that to me is just as bad. It's equally as reckless and dangerous as someone who tries to hit the head. Because that can't be good enough. What I want them to do isn't to not try to hit the head. What I want is for players to make every reasonable effort to not hit the head. Don't just try to not hit the head. Make sure you don't hit the head. Especially when we talked about how precarious his angle of approach was and how carefully a safe check would have had to be delivered. Now, it's right here I'm going to suggest something that might be a bit off the wall for Wilson haters. I think he may have actually been trying to avoid a hit from behind. That puzzling rotation he makes might be because he was trying to get out in front around Carlo's shoulder so he wouldn't hit him in the back and then spin toward him to hit the chest. Some even amazingly argue he did hit the chest, but he was going so fast and under too little control to pull that off with any amount of proper procedure. So he, fl he flew mostly past the check, couldn't get far enough around the time, and nailed the head. His hit-at-all-costs mentality set himself up for failure from the start, and then he did things throughout the entire process to exponentially increase the danger because there was not even one part of his brain that considered bailing out when things weren't falling into place. He was committed to the hit no matter what. So that's why even if this check didn't break one single rule under the NHL rulebook, as a Department of Player Safety head, I'd still be flagging it. Not because it's Tom Wilson, because it's something I don't want to see ever again. Even if you think it's a legal check, it's still not a hockey play. As for rules it does break, I'd say it easily violates Rule 41 boarding, a check causing dangerous contact with the boards, no head contact necessary for that. It could be as clean as a whistle and still cause dangerous, avoidable contact with the boards, exactly like this one does. There's also Rule 48, because I don't care what you're pretending to see, the head takes the brunt of this impact, there's no doubt about it. And there's also a case for Rule 41 roughing, because Wilson's gloves ended up in the face, and Rule 42 charging for distance traveled and leaving his feet. So I've got everything pretty much covered. It's not like there's not a rule you couldn't use to punish this. So now that I know I'm going to punish this check, what is my punishment? Basing it on just this season, I give Wilson a nine-game suspension. It's five games for this incident. I feel alone, isolated. This is a five-game incident and four additional games for being a repeat offender. But let me explain that out, why I think that. Here's my suspension scale. Here's what I use. Fines for me are not punishments. They're used as warnings to show players they're on the verge of being too dangerous. You know, I've noticed something they really need to, to change. You can't quite penalize it, but you've done it enough that I really want to make sure you know you need to change it. 
So that's what a fine is for. One to two game suspensions for me are, are perfect for hockey plays gone wrong or two accumulated fines would equal a one to two game suspension or attempted but unsuccessful major penalties. Like if someone tried to spear someone and missed or, or made the action of a spear. I would give a suspension for that. You're supposed to give a penalty for that in the rule book. And for me, it should still be worth a, a, a suspension even if you try but don't make contact. So that's my one to two game suspension. Three to five game suspensions I would issue for non-hockey plays that aren't malicious. And that's what I think this is, this Wilson hit. It's a non-hockey play that isn't malicious. It's not a hockey hit, but it's not malicious and there's no real intent behind it. I'd also use this for major penalties that connect, like spearing and butt ending, if they connect with light contact. Not vicious contact like the Ovechkin one, light contact. I'd also use this for repeat offenders of the one to two game category. Two one to two game suspensions would bump you up into a three to five game suspension category. My six to ten game suspension category is perfect for plays that have nothing to do with hockey. Major penalties like the Ovechkin one that are moderate contact or hard contact and repeat offenders in the three to five game category. And then, of course, there's the 11 plus game suspensions. Their last resort suspensions for inexplicable and obviously malicious plays that can't possibly be justified as anything remotely close to a hockey play. That's the scale I use. So like I said, I'd classify this Wilson hit as a non-hockey play that isn't malicious. So that puts it in the three to five game category, but I'd put it on the high end because of the excessive force on contact. That's where my five games comes from. The maximum amount of games allowed in that category. Now, I would have already suspended him two games for interference on February 25th this season. That was his late hit to Jankowski against Pittsburgh. So adding a repeat offense from the one to two game category that he would have got then to a suspension here, this five game one I would have given him, that bumps him up to a six to 10 game category. And because he was on the higher end of both of the other scales, I'm putting him on the higher end of this one too. So that's why this would be a nine game suspension. Two suspensions for the 2020-21 season alone. This one being nine games, even if he never played a single other season in the NHL, that's what he would have got. But he definitely has played other seasons. And last year, I would have suspended Wilson four times. Obviously, his history from before, even in the real NHL, would have been included in my suspensions for last year. So they would have inflated those suspensions. So keep in mind when I tell you what I would have done to him last year, they're already inflated because of his previous history. December 16th of 2019, I'd have suspended him 12 games for, of all things, charging. It was the one against Vladislav Gavrikov. And exactly a week later, during a game against the Bruins, in which he wouldn't have even been playing under my system, remember, because he would have been serving a 12-game suspension, I'd have given him two different suspensions for two separate incidents, a spear to David Pasternak and being the aggressor in a separate altercation with Pasternak. But the real NHL, they, they did nothing. And just four days later, on December 27th, 2019, he committed another suspendable offense, uh, boarding. Now, none of those things were overtly horrific. I'm a reasonable man. For a player with no history, I'd have given him three games for his charging incident, four games for the spear, four games for being the aggressor. You know, if they were all just different people doing these, three games here, four games there, four games there, the boarding would have been a two games. No, not much else. To anyone else, it would have been two games. But it wasn't anyone else, it was Tom Wilson. And for him, with his history, any one of those single incidents would have earned him an indefinite suspension for me, somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 games and pending some serious education reform. But if I were the NHL, I gotta tell you, I'd put all my resources into this guy. 
I don't think he needs to be removed from the game. That's where I differ from everyone else. He's not some guy that you just can't fix. He's a gift. He really is. He's one of the most unique players in the NHL. And he could be one of my favorite players of all time if he was encouraged down the right path. I don't think he'll never get it, like some people think. What he does isn't anything all that different than some of the other players do some of the time. He just does the same smaller scale things all of the time. It's not like he's out there pulling flagrant 7 to 10 gamers once or twice a season. He's doing a bunch of smaller things. 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 gamers under my scale that, unfortunately, under the actual NHL scale, are minor penalties bordering on suspension, but not quite worth the trouble for them to, to, to act on. The difference between my system and the real NHL system is eventually those six to seven minor penalties for charging aren't ignored. They're noted as a habit. And even if no single one of them are suspension worthy, those seven repeat minors eventually add up to a small suspension. Not to punish the incident, but rather to change the player behavior before something bigger happens. Before that so-called hockey play or hockey hit he keeps trying to do goes wrong, like this one that Carlo did. Now, Having said that, he's done things over the last two years that under my system would have been suspensions outright, but the point remains it's not Wilson's fault. He legitimately thinks he's playing by their rules, and I can see why he's upset and thinking this is a reputation call. I don't think he's wrong. I just don't have a problem with that being a reputation call. I don't think they're wrong either for doing this. I think they're wrong for why and how they're doing it. Fans need to realize and accept, if the NHL's Department of Player Safety had handled Tom Wilson's career properly from the outset, he'd be a legitimate Conn Smythe Trophy candidate for their inevitable playoff dominance. That's how valuable a commodity this department has ruined. Hi folks, thanks for listening to Tough Call. If you're enjoying my takes on head contact and player safety, but you'd like to hear me talk about other aspects of hockey, I'd like to take just a minute and tell you about another project of mine, Bolton from Bolton. Bolton from Bolton is where I, Josh Bolton, and my brother Matt, you guessed it, Bolton, set each other up for lively hockey talk covering literally anything to do with it. It's not heavy analysis and stats, it's kitchen banter, like you do with your own family and friends. Head over to YouTube and subscribe to our Bolton from Bolton channel. That's B-O-U-L-T-O-N. Or find us on all audio formats as well. We find ourselves funny. Maybe you will too. And there's only one way to find out. See you there. And now, back to Tough Call. At Tough Call, I'm not trying to pick on specific teams or individual players. I want to make the game safer for every player on every team, across every league, really with no player left behind. I want to cover as many incidents as I possibly can to increase the sample size and make a stronger case for how harsher penalties and properly targeted player education can work in reducing head contact in hockey, all instances of it. The Department of Player Safety supposedly has people watching every second of every game. Now, as much as I'd like to watch every game, as much as I try to, and as much as I'd like to have video of every questionable incident, the truth is I'm only one man with an iPhone and the Game Center app. I already get a lot of help from people like you who send me videos or links to incidents, or even just a quick tweet or message saying, hey, did you see? Third period, Bolts-Kings game, checking to the head penalty. Something like that. It means a lot, and it makes a huge difference. Follow me on Twitter at, at ToughCallBlog, and like the Facebook page ToughCall, and as you watch, if you see a cheap play or something dirty or anything that makes you go, hey, you idiot, what are you watching? How did you miss that? Please send it my way, and a big thank you to those of you who already do. Keep them coming. Thank <laughs> you.